Good evening, if you will, have a seat and uh, turn to number 93. About time for us to begin. Maybe just a hair or two past. If I look a little taller tonight, it's because I'm standing on a pedestal. I don't want to make people think I've grown. Number 93. Jim Gilfellan has our closing prayer, and Chris has our Devo uh, at the appropriate time. Uh, we'll sing a song, have the announcements, and then a couple more songs. 93, uh, verses 1, 2, and 4. Is that what I said, guys? Christ for the Good evening, church family. A couple announcements before we have our devotional. As a reminder that uh, this Sunday, um, May 28th, will be potluck. So we'll have 1 o'clock service, uh, no 6 o'clock service. Everybody's welcome to come to that. So this coming Sunday is potluck. Okay. Um, also, May 27th, uh, the youth group will be having a devotional in Carter Caves at State Park this Saturday. Um, also, there's sign-up sheets for youth activities out in the uh, foyer board. If you have a child that wants to get involved with youth acti activities, please sign them up before you leave. Also, mowing schedules out in the foyer board. Uh, we need help cutting the church ground, so if you can help out with that, please sign up uh, before you leave as well. Uh, youth group Summer calendars out in the foyer table. Also, we're needing teachers for the summer quarter, June 4th through, the, through August. Uh, if you can help out with that, please see Connie Miller. She's looking for, I 
believe it's three to four-year-old class and um, also Bible hour. So I'm not really sure about those ages, but I know it's a really young age. Um, so if you can help by that, please see Connie. Also, Vacation Bible School is right around the corner, uh, June 4th through the 8th. Uh, we're needing cookies for that. Um, so there's a sign-up sheet on the foyer board. If you can uh, help out with cookies, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, donations of bed sheets of any color and sizes are needed for Vacation Bible School decorations as well. Um, <clears throat> Yvonne Cornell's um, birthday is Monday. Uh, it, her address is out in the foyer board, also her telephone number. If you can give her a call or send her a card with wishing her a happy birthday, I know she'd greatly appreciate that. Updates on our prayer list. Um, remember to continue, continue to keep the Leap family. Uh, Terry Leap passed away Sunday um, afternoon. Uh, the funeral is at Hall's Funeral Home. The visitation is this Thursday from 6 to 8 and the funeral uh, will be held Friday at 10 a.m. Um, so keep uh, the Leap family in your prayers during this time. Also keep uh, Jim Wilgus in your, Jimmy Wilgus in your prayers, Sean Maynard, uh, Jim Haney, and Amber Spitzer in your prayers as well as they go through their cancer treatments. And uh, also uh, uh, the Fulton family's asked for prayers for Campbell. Uh, he's in the hospital right now um, with some serious conditions. Uh, so keep uh, Campbell in your prayers at this time as well. Is there anything else I may have missed? Let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to he be here this evening, Lord, to be able to learn your word, to be able to apply it to our everyday lives, Lord, so we can continue on letting your light shine within our community, within our workplace, Lord, Lord, continue to be with us spiritually, Lord. Help us grow. Help us to love you more, Lord. Help us to dig into your word to be able to apply it to our everyday lives, Lord, and, and help us through our struggles as well, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to be with the eldership here at Rome. Be with them and give them the wisdom and guidance they need, Lord. Help them and help us to be to to be an encouragement to them, Lord, and the decisions they make, Lord. Lord, we ask you to be with upcoming VBS that's coming up, Lord. We, we pray that it will be a success, Lord, that it will be a reach out to our community, Lord, that we'll, we pray, Lord, that it helps your kingdom grow, Lord. Lord, we, and we pray that we touch these, these minds of these young children, Lord, that they will want to dig into your word, get to know these characters, Lord, and and see the things they went through so that way they can, they know that your word is true, Lord. And they can grow up learning more about you and one day put baptism on, Lord. Lord, we ask you at this time to continue to be with, be with our sick, be with Jimmy and Sean and, and Jim and Amber, Lord, and be with Campbell, Lord. Just be with our sick, Lord. Watch over them and keep them safe, Lord. Be with their family members and the doctors, Lord and bring them back to full health. Lord, we ask you at this time to be with the Elite family and be with the Wheeler family, Lord. We know that losing a loved one is hard, Lord, and grieving is hard. Lord, but we know that we can lean on you for that strength and guidance and, and comfort that we need, Lord, and we know that you will give it to us because we know that you love us. Lord, most of all, thank you so much for sending your son to die on the cross for us, for giving us, giving us your love, your grace, 
Lord, continue to be with us this rest of the week. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray. Amen. Next song will be number 243. 243. Sing all three verses. If for the pride we have striven after our labors, O Lord, the rest to our souls will be given on the eternal shore. Home of our soul. is 532. Praise him, praise him. If you will, let's stand sing this song. Then we'll have our lesson.
Good evening. 529 is a song of invitation. You didn't hear that. Go ahead and be turning to the book of Proverbs. That's where we're going to spend our time this evening together. These are uh, slingshot stones. They're not Hebrew, um, although the Hebrews did use slingshot stones. Of course, you're familiar with David's use of those in Goliath. Uh, but these are Roman slingshot stones, and these things are amazing. Uh, we don't necessarily have pictures. I'm not aware of any pictures of the Hebrews' uh, slingshot stones. Uh, most people think that they were uh, gathered out of uh, creek beds or river beds, and they were smooth and flat and could fly great distances. These, we do have a great many of these, these Roman slingshot stones. They're about an inch and a half long, and they're about an inch wide. They look like an almond, about that size, too. They're made of lead. Uh, they can make these things in the field. If, uh, a, if a soldier, Roman soldier, runs out of ammunition, uh, this particular kind of ammunition, he can form new ammunition. He'll, molten, he'll, he'll uh, make the lead uh, molten, and he'll find a spot in the earth, uh, like with clay or, or some sort of container, and he'll pour it into this shape. And so it will, uh, once cooled, be uh, one of these slingshot stones. Archaeologists have found all kinds of these things all across the Roman world, uh, from well before the time of Jesus to well after the time of Jesus. And so they're, they're quite prevalent. Uh, the Romans used these things for a good long time. But in Scotland, they've actually found uh, a whole uh, batch of these things. They think there's somewhere around 2,000 of them underneath the ground. They've used metal detectors to find these things, and, and they think there's somewhere around 2,000, maybe over that, maybe closer to 3,000. But the Romans uh, had were assaulting uh, the Scottish people who had at that point had uh, an, uh, a fortification on top of a hill. And usually when you're on top of a hill, you get to win the battle. You know, you can you, you have an advantage there. They don't win this battle, uh, and with 2,000, 3,000 of these slingshot stones thrown at, the, uh, thrown at the, the, the Scots there, you can understand why. These things were incredibly accurate. Uh, they could have hit uh, a target smaller than a human being at lengths greater than football fields. So at a length of uh, over 130 yards, you could hit, a trained soldier could hit, a target the size of a person, and when it flew out of his slingshot, it's traveling at the velocity velocity of a 44 magnum bullet. So this thing does some damage when it hits you, and it doesn't even necessarily have to puncture you. Uh, a lot of stories are told of uh, soldiers getting hit with these things in, in the helmet, and it didn't go through the helmet, but it caused such a contusion that the person eventually died anyhow. What's interesting, though, these don't look like just ordinary stones, though, do they? They've got some stuff written on them. The Romans would have written taunts on these stones. Now, some of the stones are written, uh, some of the things that are written on these, these things are uh, the legion's name, uh, like the 10th legion or the 12th legion, the 7th legion, and you can actually buy those. Uh, they, they, archaeologists have, have uh, found those, enough of those, that they're, they're for sale. You can buy them for like 80 bucks. So that's on my Christmas list now. Um, but uh, if you want one of these, you're going to pay several hundred dollars for one of these. They found enough of these that you can buy them. Uh, so that's on my, my big Christmas list. But uh, 
these things, uh, are, there, there's all kinds of things written on them. Uh, some, of, some of them have um, the legion's name stamped on them. Some of them are the name of the commander uh, of that particular legion. Some of them are their enemies' names, the commander of whatever fortification that they're, that they're uh, attacking. A lot of them are just taunts. Um, here's some of them. Take this is written on, I think it's on this one, one of these two. The other one is, take that. Really taunts that the Romans would have written on these, uh, these lead stones. Another one is, ouch. Good sense of humor, right? Another one is, be lodged there. Another one's, here's a sugar plum for you. And there are various other taunts that uh, increase in vulgarity the longer you look at these things. So my point with this all is, as I was thinking through uh, what lesson we could learn from these incredibly interesting stones, uh, I was drawn back, my mind was drawn back to the words of Proverbs, how our words are often used as missiles, um, and incorrectly so. And of course, you remember uh, David and Goliath, he is possibly the, the most famous slingshotter in Scripture, although the Benjamites had uh, quite a bit of uh, skill themselves. David is no novice to using a slingshot to kill lions and bears and, and giants. But what's interesting is, what was Goliath doing before David came out on the field with a slingshot? He was hurling taunts at the Israelites. If you go back through and you look at the text there, it says that their hearts were demoralized. It, it wasn't the battle that had demoralized them, was it? It wasn't even the, the, the size of the army that had demoralized them. It was this giant's taunts. Words have incredible power, don't they? And you know that. Uh, in middle school, you probably said, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We know as adults that's not true, is it? Words can and do hurt us. They have incredible power. And that's not um, something that Scripture is unaware of. Scripture teaches us that words have incredible power, both to kill and to, uh, and to, to bring life. Check out what he says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Again, the power of words is no... Proverbs, the Bible, is no novice to the, the power of words. They, God understands exactly how powerful our words are, and he tells us how to use our words, right? Um, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is going to be recorded as saying, every careless word you speak, what? You'll be given an account for one day. And so we need to be careful with how we use our words. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, he says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Now you could take that as a threat or you could take that as a promise. And whichever one you exhaust yourself in, either bringing life or bringing death, will decide on whether that's a threat or a promise, I suppose. But words have incredible power. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11. Proverbs talks a ton about words and how we use them. They can be priceless, and you've probably experienced that too, haven't you? You've said, maybe on occasion, the perfect thing at the perfect time, and someone walked away encouraged, or someone walked away 
more righteous than they had been before you talked with them. They learned something or you corrected them. And it was done in such the perfect way. Words can have that ability, don't they? Proverbs chapter 25 verse 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. It's priceless. It's beyond, beyond, beyond uh, treasure. So words have certainly that capacity, don't they? They can bring healing. They can be good. But they can also be bad, can't they? Proverbs chapter, 20, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 18, is probably one of the, uh, the most daunting passages in all of Scripture. You need, to, you need to see it, because we do this all the time. Um, I would imagine you did this today, most likely. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 18, thinking about how words can be hurtful. Listen to what the, the writer of Proverbs says. Like a madman... Who throws firebrands, arrows, and death? So you've got a crazy person thinking uh, a straight jacket, and all of a sudden you look out and he is throwing firebrands. He's got arrows that are on fire, he's got uh, spears that are on fire, uh, he's shooting arrows and just dispensing death. That's the picture that the writer of Proverbs has for us in verse 18 and 19. So in verse 19, he says, this guy, this crazy person who's throwing arrows on fire, he's like the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. You know, we have a word for that in America, don't we? Sarcasm. Right? That's what that is. I'm only kidding. We think it's funny. God seems to have a different opinion on it. Um, we have to be very careful with our words. We will be giving an account for every careless word we speak. And as God's people, he commands us to use our words well. Check out what he says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, he says this. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Our words ought to be intended for building up. People ought to walk away from a conversation with us feeling better, being corrected, being more righteous, being built up, not being torn down, right? Sometimes it's necessary to tear people down. Sometimes it's the only way to get them to see what's going on. The Bible talks about that too, doesn't he? First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, he says scriptures for that, as a matter of fact, for correction, for reproof. It, it has its place, certainly. But as people speak with us, they ought to leave better, more righteous, more focused on God's kingdom and his blessings. In Colossians chapter 4, he says this, in verse 6, he says, Let your speech always be gracious, always. So it can never be hateful. He says, your speech ought to always be gracious. You let people off the hook. You don't hold people accountable. You don't push. We're not bullies. We let our speech be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. We bring out the best in others with our speech. 
Words have incredible power, don't they? They can bring death, like these stones did, and they were intended to bring fear. Their words, the words on these stones were intended to bring fear. Some of these stones were cut uh, in the middle. They had a hole cut in them, drilled in them. Now, what possible purpose could that, could that have? It didn't make them all that much lighter. But you know what it did? When, when that bullet, these things are called acorns by the Romans, lead acorns. But when this, this bullet comes off of the slingshot at the speed of a forty-four magnum bullet, that hole makes it whistle. It's whistling so that the people over there can hear it and so that their hearts will be demoralized. We need to be people who build people up, not who demoralize each other. We can't tear each other down. We can't tear down um, the world. We build up. We season with salt. We preserve. That's our work uh, with our words, at least part of our work with our words. So we need to be very careful with our words. Tonight, if you're struggling with any aspect of, uh, of spirituality, we, we want to pray with you and for you that you can be everything that God would have you to be. It's difficult to live in line with who He wants you to be. He's called you to a high standard, but He's given us Jesus. And a perfect example of all the things that we can and should be for Him and all the acts of service we can and should be bringing to Him. So this evening, if you've, if you've fallen short and you want the prayers of the congregation, we would love to pray with you and for you that you can be all the things that God would have you to be. Tonight, if you've not been baptized into Christ and have your sins washed away, we would love to study with you on that as well. If you have, had, if you have any need tonight, why don't you come as we stand and sing. Join me in prayer. <clears throat> Our Father, we are so thankful for this hour, a time to join together in songs of praise and 
songs of commitment, Lord, as a result of this hour and time of, of worship and time of Bible study, help us, to, Father, to prepare ourselves for the, <clears throat> for the rest of the week and the time ahead of us to be able to speak to somebody about the joy we have of being one of your children. Thank you, Lord, so much for hearing our prayers. Thank you for blessing the speakers and the teachers. And help us, Father, help us to leave, each one of us to leave as blessed, well-blessed individuals. We pray in the name of our Savior. Amen. <clears throat>